Hi there, everyone. Welcome to the Voice of My Beloved podcast. Brayden and Tally here, taking you through the Song of Songs. And yeah, we're going to pray that you're all having a, a great counting of the Omer time, getting getting ready for Shavuot, a little over halfway. Which explaining, so Shavuot is the Hebrew way of saying Pentecost. Oh, so, yes, Pentecost. Yeah, Shavuot in Hebrew is weeks, so it's the Feast of Weeks. Mm-hmm. And I love how in Acts, in chapter 2, it says, when the day had fully come. Ah, so there is this kind of this build expectation, up. this buildup, when the day mm-hmm. had fully come of Pentecost. Uh, Pentecost is actually, we get the word pent, like pentagram, like a five-sided shape. And so uh, pent is it's denoting five, and so 50 days between Passover and Pentecost. There's this countdown, counting 50 days. So Pentecost is uh, this counting of 50 days. There's the simplified version. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, it's a a great time just to count down and and expect, you know, be in expectancy about what God has in store for this uh, upcoming festival. You know, Mm -hmm. it's an amazing thing. You read Acts too. There's a lot of excitement in that. Oh, man, yeah. Yeah, it's fun. It's a fun season. It's it makes the whole um it really spreads the whole feast mentality out further, you know. Right. Which it's that way kind of for um the fall feast as well because you've got kind of like a month of, you know, of you know, different holidays spread out, which just right. makes makes for a really fun season. And yeah, it is a fun season. I love the spring. I've just been basking in the glory of <laughs> Tally loves flowers. Yes, <laughs> I dream of flowers. It's uh, I don't I haven't gotten real good at growing them yet, though. <laughs> it's my dream to get good at at growing flowers one day. But I love yeah flowers and the sun, but the not too hot sun, and I love that. Just <laughs> <laughs> just the way it is right now. It's like beautifully a little chilly, but beautiful. So yeah, it's a good season. So we want to talk a little bit about some of the th- things we've got coming up. Yes, yeah. So next week we've got couples uh, retreat, a little weekend getaway with candlelit dinners and ballroom dancing. So um, just yeah. time to tend marriage. You know, yeah. in our busy, you know, action-packed lives, sometimes it's just good just to kind of pull out of that oh, and yeah. really invest in what really matters. You know, yeah. having a strong marriage. And so we're really praying that this weekend will be a a great time of in strengthening just of encouragement yeah. for couples. Well, and you see here, we've got the song of songs, the mo- the biggest song in the Bible. I mean, it's a really, this is a big deal book. And what is it talking about? Marriage. It's a picture of marriage. Marriage. Yeah. yeah. So it's a really, it's a really big deal to God, marriage. And so we need to really make sure that we tend well to our marriages. So that's what this weekend is about next week. I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to the ballroom dancing. <laughs> yes, Tally's going to get me dancing. That's going to be quite a feat right there. <laughs> oh, yes. It's going to be wonderful. Then also coming up, at the end of May, we have oh. this, uh, it's called BSC, Bible Survival well, first Shavuot. Combat. Yeah. This Shav- comes after. We got yep. Shavuot gathering here, which might be a different Shavuot than what? There's different times to do Shavuot. We're doing the Shavuot with the Jewish people and Israel this year. Right. Even though we aren't in Israel. Um, and so, yeah, so we'll be doing Shavuot with with Israel. And then the week following is actually when actual Pentecost is, according to the Christian calendar. So, yeah. anyways, yeah. And 
so this, uh, what were you going to say? Yeah, we've got another event at right after that. So yeah, yeah. So this guy is coming out. His longtime friend Zadok Johnson. He's coming He's out great. and doing a. It's a, a an event geared specifically for young men yeah. to really just get them in. You know, intensity. Uh, survival, a lot of great training. He's been in, in across, he's been overseas. Mm-hmm. You may have heard of the Free Burma Rangers. Uh, so he's he's been out there on these frontline places and has learned a lot of practical skills as far as survival. And so this is going to be a fun event. It's ages 13 to 20. And so yeah. if you're interested in this, look at look into that more. What it's going to be a very exciting event, I believe. What is there? They've got this line that is just great. It's like in a world where we where people have, make excuses or something yeah, yeah it's like self-proclaimed i don't know it's something like about weak the weakness of men that the culture makes pr- basically produces these victim mentality victim mentality men right and uh and he's like no we're warriors uh, if you've never met zadok you have to come just to meet zadok i love this guy i think he's great i'm like i'm interested to see like because i think a lot of what he's appealing to is like the homeschool kind of groups and if you have any like shy homeschool guys you know in those early teenage years you got to get them with zadok because he (laughs) just he'll he'll get them out of their shell by the end of it it's uh yeah i'm excited about it yeah it's gonna be an awesome time yep look on the website for information loveandpurity.com and on with the Song of Songs study. Here we are. We're in chapter 7, verse 10. This is one of the most powerful passages, I believe, in the whole song, just as far as the emotional impact it has for us as believers. Mm-hmm. It says, I am my beloved's, and his desire is toward me. This is the bride speaking, and this is a very confident statement. Uh, I am his, and his desire is toward me. Mm-hmm. And so there is a basic human need to be needed in a sense, like, you know, to have purpose, you know, God creates Adam and Eve. He he gives them a job, right? You have a purpose, take care of this garden here. The bride, she has purpose and identity just in the fact that she is desired by the bridegroom. Mm -hmm. That is, that's a real core element of her identity. Mm -hmm. And so this statement is, I believe a very powerful statement to speak in the face of accusation of the devil, you know, because the devil, he's, Day and night, he's accusing the brethren. This is one of his biggest jobs, accusation. He's just coming. He's trying to wear people out with accusations. Mm -hmm. When you can, in that place of feeling in the battle, in that warfare, say, I am my beloved's, you know, Yeshua, Jesus, he loves me. And his desire is toward, actually toward me. He has desire for me personally. That's a powerful, that's a powerful weapon, a powerful declaration. It's the most powerful weapon, I think. You can't, you're untouchable when you've got that, you know, what you can't, there's no way you can fall to the victim thing or, you know, I, I'm not, you know, the whole sticks and stones may break my bones, words, and you know, we're affected by people in our lives, but this is where we need to be rooted. This is the place where you can really be unmovable like this the psalms talk about the guy who's unmovable this right. is the part that makes you unmovable is knowing that yeah his desire is towards me i'm loved yeah so we're going to unpack this passage and just really dive into how do we live this out and what are some other examples in the scripture of of this and so one thing i want to point out right off the bat is this word desires the hebrew word to mm-hmm. which is the modern word passion it means passion so you could also say this verse I am my beloved's and his passion is for me. And we see this word come up also in Genesis chapter four, verse six. 
And this is in the story where uh, Cain is getting angry, right? Because Abel's sacrifice was accepted. His wasn't. It says, so the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? And why has your countenance fallen? If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin lies at the door and its desire, same word here, teshuka, mm-hmm. and its passion is for you, but you should rule over it. So this verse is, God is speaking here. He's saying that sin has passion for you. Mm-hmm. So uh, we've unpacked this in a previous podcast. If you want to go back, it's it's called a uh, tug of war. It's, it's a, that's in the title. It's something like tug of war. But basically, there is this tug of war. There, sin, temptations have passionate desire for us. Mm-hmm. They're trying to pull us in, trying to lure us in. The devil is going about as a roaring lion, right? He's trying to lure us in to mm-hmm. t- with temptations and and to rule over us, mm-hmm. right? Sin wants to rule over us, mm-hmm. but we. God says here should rule over it. We should have dominion over sin and not allow the temptation to overcome us. Mm-hmm. So what I love though about this verse here in Song of Songs is that while sin, yes, has passion for us, the son of God has passion for us. Mm-hmm. The son of God has deep desire for us. And uh, this is what we, we need to yield to him and not yield to sin. But Paul impacts that, right? In Romans, he says, you know, uh, who are you gonna yield yourself to? There's this huge tug of war going on who are we going to yield ourselves to, sin or Yeshua? First mm-hmm. John three sixteen. Uh, by this we know love. No, it's not John three sixteen. It's First John. <laughs> John John three sixteen is a popular, very popular <laughs> passage, right? But we've got First John three sixteen is also a great passage. By this we know love because he laid down his life for us, and we also ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. So here, John, he's telling us we can know this kind of love, this deep, passionate desire. Because why? we look and see he laid down his life for me. Greater love has no one than this than to lay down his life for his friends. Mm-hmm. When that impacts us, uh, then life takes on a whole new meaning. Mm-hmm. I read a quote recently it says, the cross means nothing until it astounds us. You know, or mm-hmm. until it, what was the exact word? It was something like the cross means nothing to us until it overwhelms us. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so th- we know that he loves us because he laid down his life. We know that he has passion for us. Mm-hmm. Psalm 149.4, for the Lord takes pleasure in his people. He will beautify the humble with salvation. And here again, uh, just this sense of delight. He desires, he has pleasure in his people. Psalm 36.8, they are abundantly satisfied with the fullness of your house and you give them drink from the river of your pleasures. This is a incredible theme in the Bible of his desire. He wants to feed his people with pleasures. This is a very powerful uh, spiritual awakening thing to realize he desires you and he wants to fill you with living water. He wants to fill your heart, fill your mind with um, deep satisfaction, deep, uh, these deep needs that we all have as humans. Mm-hmm. to be desired, yep. to be loved, right? He, he's wanting to meet all those. Mm-hmm. Uh, going on, Hebrews eleven five. by faith, Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death and was not found because God had taken him. For before he was taken, he had this testimony that he pleased God. Enoch knew that he pleased God. Mm-hmm. What an amazing testimony to have, <laughs> that you please God, the mm-hmm. creator of all the universe, to be pleasing to him, to feel deeply loved and cherished by the God of the universe. Mm-hmm. Psalm 147, 11, the Lord takes pleasure in those who fear him and those who hope in his mercy. Here again, 
he takes pleasure in you. When you set your heart, oh, God, I want to fear you. I want to walk in your ways. He takes pleasure in you. Second mm-hmm. Samuel twenty two twenty. He also brought me out into a broad place. He delivered me because he delighted in me. What confidence David had. He just, he was so confident in God's delight over him. God delivered him because he delighted. And for us, we need to have that confidence, I believe, to know, to be able to declare that, God, you're delivering me because you delight in me. That's powerful. Mm -hmm. Proverbs 8.30, and I was daily his delight. This is speaking of wisdom. Proverbs 8 is just this kind of unpacking of wisdom, Mm -hmm. right? Proverbs 8.30, and I was daily his delight, rejoicing always before him. And when you read this passage, there's really a strong sense that this is actually speaking of Yeshua. Mm-hmm. It says that he was delighted in by the father, mm-hmm. rejoicing in his inhabited world. And my delight was with the sons of men. So here it's almost like you can just kind of see this passage almost in conjunction with John 17, yeah. right? The father delights in me and I delight in you. I, I, the father loves me and I love you with that kind of love, right? Uh-huh. This is this whole kind of Proverbs 8 thing that God is, he delights in his son. Mm-hmm. And then the son delights in us. Yeah. First Corinthians 1.30, but of him who are in Christ Jesus, who became for us wisdom from God. This is speaking of Jesus. He became wisdom from God. And I just love that. This connects with Proverbs 8. This, this personification, this, this uh, description of wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. So, wow, just to know that his delight, his delight is for the children of men. He delights in you. The son of God takes great delight in, mm-hmm. in, in people. He loves people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, it's an amazing, uh, an amazing reality. And uh, I know that this this was a really big deal to me, this whole idea. And it was something that was kind of new to me until Brayden and I got married uh, because I didn't realize, like, with Brayden how much, um, how important it was that I saw that Brayden delighted in me. And so... Um, and so that whole picture of God delighting in me became like a really big deal. I think, uh, at our wedding, well, I think with the, what we ended with the last song that we had was, um, and I'm not going to sing it because I've actually, my voice has been gone for the past couple of days, so it's still kind of groggily coming back. Um, but it's, there's nowhere else that I'd rather be than dancing with you while you sing over me. And, uh, and that whole picture that God like sings over us and dances over mm-hmm. us, like is such an awesome thing that is like, wow, like that's how much he loves us. So it's, it's a, it's a really amazing reality. Yeah. Yeah. And, and think about this, Tally. I think that revelation of a mm-hmm. God who delights in his people, mm-hmm. why would you not want to believe in a God like that? Right. I mean, what is, a, is there another God like that? <laughs> right. I mean, I don't know what all the gods are out there, but I'm like, is there another God that does this? Like, right. This is amazing. <laughs> I mean, atheism seems like such a bad oh, choice. Man. I mean, what's the purpose? What's the, where's yeah. the desire? It just, it kind of just zaps the existence of humanity of desire, of purpose. But wow, to know the God of all creation, he made this whole universe Mm -hmm. and yet people are his delight. Mm -hmm. You look at that in Psalm or Proverbs 8, his delight is with the sons of men. Mm -hmm. You know, he made all this by wisdom. He created all things, but wow, he delights in people. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's just <laughs> incredible to, to think about and to meditate on. I, I love uh, in Psalms, it says, we have thought, O God, on your loving kindness in the midst of your temple. Mm-hmm. This is something to give meditation to and allow it to rewire and transform our thinking. Mm-hmm. Because I think if we're honest with ourselves, the enemy has tried to convince us that we're not desired. Mm-hmm. You know, that we're not lovely in the eyes of God yeah. through whatever circumstances, you know, people say things, cutting words, whatever, but the accuser of the brethren, he's, he's doing it day and night. He's trying to take away that sense of purpose, that sense of delight from God's people. Mm-hmm. And it's, this is something to be thought about, to meditate on and to allow it to really impact our emotional chemistry. Mm-hmm. So James four, verse five, it says, or do you suppose it is to no purpose that the scripture says he yearns jealously over the spirit that he has made to dwell in us. Now, this is a little bit of a different translation. I think this is the NIV's rendering of this verse, but this, this rendering makes uh, more sense to me. I think the other rending, it says that the, the spirit that dwells within us lusteth to envy or something like that. Um, so I, I suppose that the, the translators could go, you know, two different ways with this, but this, this verse kind of goes more in line, you know, this rendering goes more in line with this whole idea that he yearns for the spirit that he placed within us. Mm-hmm. Um, he yearns jealously. He's jealous. You know, it says God is a jealous God. Mm-hmm. He jealously yearns over the spirit that he has made to dwell in us. There's something about our human spirit that sets us apart from animals, right? from every other thing yeah. that almost that is that imprint of divine, of divine, something divine. He got, we're made in God's image, mm-hmm. right? And so he yearns for that. There's something that he really desires. Mm-hmm. He, he desires us. He, de- he has passion for us. Yeah, that's good. Going on to verse 11. I mean, we could do the whole podcast in that one verse, I think. Right, I <laughs> Let's go on to verse 11. <laughs> Come, my beloved, let us go forth to the field. And so here the bride is asking the beloved asking the bridegroom to go forth with her into the field. And in scripture, we see field as, uh, let's see this verse here in Matthew 13, 38. Uh, the field is the world. This is in a parable. The good seeds are the sons of the kingdom, but the tares are the sons of the wicked one. So here, Yeshua is saying that the field is the world. And, she, and here the bride is saying, let's go forth to the field. Let's go out into the world, basically. Mm-hmm. In John four thirty five, behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes, and look at the fields, for they are already white for harvest. And so here there's this same idea. You know, the field is the place you go out mm-hmm. to bring in the harvest, yeah. to, to go out and bring in people for the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. Yep. So she says, let us lodge in the villages. Uh, so before we see in the song that she was in the city. Uh, but now she goes, she wants to go to the villages and these can speak of places that are not as glamorous, right? You know, we live in Patterson, Missouri here, and this is not a real glamorous city. I, <laughs> it's I very, don't even think it's a village. <laughs> it's not would, would classify as a village. I don't know. But, uh, you know, a lot of times, you know, it's, it's tempting to go and, you know, God calls us, you know, call it, God calls people to cities for sure. Uh, but sometimes the out of the way places get this overlooked. Is, this is Braden preaching to me right now. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Whenever I complain about Patterson, Missouri. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the point is, is that these out of the way places are loved by God. You know, he, he has desire for them, even though they, they're not, let's say on the, the top visited sites in the world, or, you know, they don't have this nobility <laughs> or this, you know, um, attraction to them, but yet they're people there. 
and mm. God. And so the bride here said, let's, let's go lodge in the villages. Let's go to these kind of out-of-the-way places. I've referenced the Passion Translation uh, at times over this podcast, but I, I like the way that uh, it, it's rendered here. She says, come away, my lover. Come with me to the faraway fields. We will run away together to the forgotten places and show them redeeming love. And I like that, That's good, you know, yeah. and not, not just America, you know, this, this applies to, you know, out of the way places. There's some out of the way places in the world where there's not many people right. and God calls people. This is the bride. The heart of the bride is to go out into these villages, into mm-hmm. these places that are, you know, just, I'm just thinking of like mud huts, you know, <laughs> going out to the village, let's go lodge in the villages. Let's go, you know, bring redeeming love right. to these places that are not on anybody's radar really, because mm-hmm. God has passion for these people. Mm-hmm. And I think this is the bride, you know, when, when you really internalize the passion that the bridegroom has for you, then you're awakened to go, wow, he loves other people like that too, right. you know, right. and, and it's born in you, this it desire to spill out. Yeah. It's born <laughs> in you to go out and reach out to these people. Yeah. Yeah. I, that's where you get, um, you know, there's introverts and extroverts and whatever it is, the most introverted person when they get a hold of, and I, and I know this case, I've seen this before, just a really introverted person. And they just get like totally blown away by the love of God. They're like talking to people at the laundromat and talking right. to people in line at, you know, at Walmart and stuff. Like they can't stop. It doesn't, the whole introvert extrovert only goes so far. But when you put the love of God in it, you know, you're just going to bubble over. That's right. just the way it is. Yeah, I feel like this verse here is the, um, it's been the call for all of the, those that have been sent into the nations over the past, you know, hundreds of years, the uh, believers that have gone to all of these crazy outlandish, you know, kind of really out there places, you know, and um, like we've referenced a lot to the YWAM missionary books uh, that we're always reading. And uh, yeah, you just see that this is, this is their heart. Mary so. Slessor right here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if you ever get a chance to read the story of Mary Slessor. Wow. Oh man. She's got to be I one know. of the, our top, our yeah, top she's, inspirations. She's become one of our favorites <laughs> for sure. Although it's really hard to pick cause we like all of them. Yeah. But going on to verse yeah. 12, let us get up early to the vineyards. So here, uh, you know, getting up early is some is inconvenient at times. And Tally, don't feel like I'm preaching. We'll, at let, you we'll let Braden <laughs> preach to me again. Here. <laughs> it's always a great time, you know, in the podcasting sessions, just to you know, <laughs> it's, it's the Bible, right? Really you know? expound on some important point. Right. Okay. It, this is not a, a sore point between us. I mean, we do have different <laughs> tendencies, but I mean, <laughs> we we respect each other's you know individual <laughs> leanings on this. But anyway, here the bride she says, "Let us get up early to the vineyards." And so getting up early, it, it denotes inconvenience, you know, cause you, it takes diligence. It takes, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Discipline to get up early. Purposefulness. Right? Yeah. Purposefulness, purple, purposefulness. There we yeah. go. <laughs> so, uh, here the bride, she wants to go and, and check on the vineyard, the vineyard throughout the, uh, throughout the song is speaking of the kind of, you know, the fruit, the fruit of God, you know, in the early passage, you know, she says my own vineyard, I have not kept, right. Speaking of her own heart, her the own fruit of her life, not being tended to. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but now, you know, through this journey, through the song, she's, 
she's been tending her vineyard in a sense. And now she's at the place where she wants to go check on the other vineyards, right? She wants to go, she's not um, so much focused on herself at this point, you know, mm-hmm. getting her own, you know, there's a place to really, you know, seek God personally for, you know, own breakthrough. And that's, that's, we, we never grow out of that, right? We always want to continue to seek God for personal breakthrough, mm-hmm. but there's a place where you, you need to get healing, right? You, you want to get healed so that then you can go and really invest yourself. And that's where the bride is right now. Mm-hmm. She's wanting to invest herself and to check on and it, with discipline, with, you know, a sense of um, urgency in a way, let's get up early. Let's go yeah. out and check on the vineyard, see how fruit is growing uh-huh. in the other places. Yeah. So, and I think this has a, it has a way, it, there's, there's something here of not just being focused on our own ministry, even, you know, our own set calling, but we also want to see, we want to bless and help other ministries to, to bear fruit, to encourage them, you know, to come alongside and encourage, speak words of life. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I've just been inspired as I read stories of, you know, people, you, know, you have a calling, to, mm-hmm. you know, God has given you an assignment, but then even in that, you can go out and you can encourage your brothers and sisters. Yeah. And it's, it, it, so that way it's not just self-serving in a way. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I, I, um, you know, at the beginning of the song, she was not tending her vineyard, you know, and now she's got, you know, she's tending her vineyard. And I love what I love about this is the excitement that there is like, let's go see if the vine is budded. We actually just, um, came from a nursery, uh, just a couple hours ago and got to see these little bitty grapes that were growing on these, um, on these plants. And it was just, the, the children were just so excited. Like, Oh, look, there's grapes. There's going to be bigger grapes. You know, it was just such an exciting thing. And it's what I love about the spring, by the way, is <laughs> just the, the hope, you know, that there is in the spring. And, um, and I, when I put this in terms of the body of Messiah, you know, I think that when we see other believers flourishing and other believers, you know, growing in maturity, that like, that's how exciting it should be. It's like, oh, like, cause she's talking to her bridegroom now. It's almost like, oh, Yeshua, look, they're doing so well. Like, it's just such a like exciting thing. And I really would love to see more of that in the heart of the body of Messiah, looking at the different parts, you know, and just being like, just so like exhilarated at seeing the fruit that's happening, you know, all over in the body of Messiah, seeing that, that budding, um, you know, that budding fruit that, that speaks of hope and, and coming fruit. So, yeah, yeah, that's great. So continue on with verse 12. Let us see if the vine has budded, whether the grape blossoms are open and the pomegranates are in bloom. So, blooming obviously is speaking of a coming harvest. It's, it's in an immature stage, but it's speaking of a coming harvest. And so she's wanting to go look at these immature areas even, right? Going out to the villages where, you know, people are, you know, not sophisticated or whatever they're not, or they're not growing, you know, they're not, what am I trying to say? They're, they're not mature yet. Right. right <laughs> That's what right. I'm trying to they're say. Little, yeah, yeah. They're, they're not mature. They need tending. They need to be encouraged. And so this is where her heart is, you know, uh, ministering in a place where people aren't fully mature is more challenging, right? Mm-hmm. And not that, you know, I'm not saying there's a place you can go that's fully mature, uh, but everyone's in a process, right? right? And some people are more needy than others. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in this, the bride, she wants to go out even to these immature places and see them mature, brought forth into fullness. Mm-hmm. And she says, there, I will give you my love. In that place of serving, in that place of being in the midst of immaturity, uh, 
he's saying, that's where I'm going to give you my love. That's where I'm going to love you with all of my heart. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I feel that people, let's say, for example, monks, you know, they're just going to totally separate from society because like, we don't want to deal with immaturity. We don't want to deal with, you know, the problems of life because that's going to distract us from loving God. Mm -hmm. The bride here on, on the other hand, you know, contrary to that thought is saying, I'm going to go out into the villages, into this place of, you know, where the, there's just flowering, there's no mature fruit yet. And there is where I'm going to love God with all my heart. And that's, that's powerful. When we can love God, even in the midst of uh, immaturity, mm-hmm. you know, right. lacking in <laughs> mature fruit. Oh, that's how we bear fruit, right? Yeah, right. That can be one of the <laughs> great ways that we get tested, right? Of yeah. uh, actually being able to uh, be refined ourselves. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just I just love that. You know, the bride, she loves anyway. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes we can use even immaturity in people to, as excuse not to love. Mm-hmm. She, the bride's like, no, no, this is where I'm going to give you my love. Mm-hmm. In that place of being in the midst of people, mm-hmm. uh, this is where I will give you my love. Mm-hmm. And I think of persecuted believers. You know, they're in this place where they're experiencing firsthand the immaturity, you know, the, the, uh, the cruelty of people mm-hmm. that are far from God. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they're saying, I just have been so inspired over the years by these people that are just all out in love with Jesus. Mm-hmm. And they're, they're giving him love in the midst of the field, mm-hmm. in the midst of the village, in the midst of the immaturity. Mm-hmm. Oh, there I will give you my love. It's mm-hmm. a powerful, powerful thing. Mm-hmm. So we'll continue on with the rest of chapter seven next time, but uh, may you be encouraged. And, uh, and strengthened to know the beloved. The beloved bridegroom has great desire for you today. And you can just trust that. You can mm-hmm. believe that with all of your heart. It will transform your life. Yep. Amen. This is Brayden and Tally reminding you to listen to the voice of your beloved bridegroom. He's coming quickly. My